Conversation with, live at the Devon Business Show, in partnership with Westcott's Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. I know what you're thinking, not another one. Yes, indeed, the live podcasts and live streams keep on coming here as we bring you In Conversation with Live at the Devon Business Show, brought to you by the Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce and very kindly enabled by our good friends at Westcott's. We've built a studio down here at Plymouth Pavilions where the Devon Business Show is taking place. And uh, throughout the morning um, or early afternoon, or in fact, whenever you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on replay, uh, we've been saying if you're exhibiting and you want to come in and do a podcast, then by all means, pop into the studio so far everyone seems to have ran a mile away apart from these two gentlemen from blue screen it solutions who said here we'd like to do one so welcome to the studio gents how are you doing today you're right yeah not bad it's uh, good, good to be here <laughs> it is rather t- intimidating isn't it actually to, to be honest you kind of think you're just gonna be behind a microphone there's all these cameras and lights it's like putting you on the spot and um, so with we we have uh, david massey david what do you do at blue screen it uh I sort of look after the educational side and uh, the sort of training uh, side, which which taps into apprenticeships. Uh, so within the company, we have uh, sort of other training, which is more commercial side, mm-hmm. uh, taps into things like uh, services for the MOD, for people coming out of the services who want to resettle and so on. Uh, so I'm not too much into that side. I'm more on the educational side, linking in with schools and colleges which i'll come back to in a minute because i had a look at your brochure and you've got some really cool things listed with regards to opportunities and um, but we also have sean sean and um, what do you do at blue screen and actually you said earlier on it's bit rather than blue screen it or something you had a bit of a rebrand lately didn't you just tell us a little bit about that so is it is it blue screen it or bit solutions yeah so <clears throat> a couple of years ago we've had a rebranding under uh, our initials really so blue yeah. screen it uh is, is known now going forward sort of bit group uh, but obviously because of that transition we still come under oh, yes. two names really yeah. fantastic okay so sean you're part of the business then what do you um, look after so i'm security operations manager uh, within bit security which is a division within bit group so essentially uh, i run the managed cybersecurity services and uh-huh. i do some of the security consultancy at various levels too so you're 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 every hacker's worst enemy <laughs> That's a polite way of saying it, potentially, yeah. 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 So do you find then that you have a lot of challenges on your plate at the moment with regards to the the digital landscape and and cyber security? Because um, it's most certainly a a topic that's very current, isn't it? Sure, yeah. I mean, it really depends on on who we work with. I mean, the risks that we work with vary greatly. It isn't just external sort of factors that we have to try and remediate. It's internal factors. It's how one of the bigger problems that we have is is security culture within organizations, Uh making sure that people understand how they need to operate, you know, how they need to handle certain types of information. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's quite varied. And is it like is, is it purely a compliance thing, or do you literally get under the hood of a of an organisation's IT provision to make sure that they're compliant and that they're they're safe and secure? A bit of both, really. Yeah, um, a lot of what we do is compliance based, um, but we do help with uh, implementing controls down to sort of the granular policies and procedures that we help to create on behalf of clients. Um, so. To do that, really have to understand the organisation. You become mm-hmm. almost an extension of their IT team, their compliance team, whatever that looks like, um, and you help to yeah implement whatever needs to be implemented, essentially. Yeah, and is it a case of you? I mean, do you have to? I mean, earlier on, you, you, I think you kind of alluded to the fact that with some organisations, it really is stating some of the basics mm-hmm. in order to bring them into the right mindset to look after their, their their IT and their data. And then I imagine you have other organisations where you're where you're really being a almost the firewall between people wanting to get into a system and the system being safe and secure. I imagine you're doing a, a wide range of different things. 
We do, yeah. I mean, at a very sort of high level, the, the biggest or the weakest link in most organizations tends to be their employees. Um, phishing emails are still the number one attacking vector for, you know, companies being compromised. People just clicking links or downloading yeah. attachments within emails. That tends to be the, the biggest fault. Um, and it's, it's trying to remediate that either through technology or through awareness. And they're getting more and more clever, aren't they? I mean, you, yeah. you, I think we quite often get emails pretending to be um, Office 365 security. You need to reset your password or yep. or choose something else. And, and they are starting to look incredibly real. You just need to – what are the, the, the signs that you can look for to, to prove that something is wrong? In terms of emails that come through, there are, there are a number of red flags. Um, mm-hmm. Usually, I mean, the very first thing you want to want to do is, is who's it coming from. Um, and usually that's a big giveaway. If you if you recognize the, the sending email address, that's usually the best place to start. But those sending email addresses can be spoofed quite easily by people yeah. that know what they're talking about. Usually, it's either going to, the, the email, if it is um, a fish, as you would call it, it's going to come with an attachment or it's going to come with um, a link. Um, the link is, is, is fairly easy to sort of remediate. You'd simply hover over the link or you can copy and paste the link out of that um, hyperlink and just identify whether that, that URL, that sort of web address, is yeah. something that's recognizable to you or if it looks completely just a series of random characters. Um, the attachments tend to be a bit more difficult. Um, generally speaking, if you're not expecting that attachment, don't click it. Um, Emails aren't the only attack vector nowadays. In, in, in the last week, I think it was, there was a really high-profile attack um, that involved text messages uh, and multi-factor authentication. Um, yes. MFA is, is one of the, the biggest sort of security controls nowadays to prevent you know, attack or account compromise, rather. Um, but this particular threat actor, we'd call them, um, they use something called um, MFA fatigue or an MFA fatigue attack, whereby... When you usually when you use MFA, you await an SMS text messages which will have a code, and you put that code into the mm-hmm. into the account. Well, this particular person um, essentially bombarded the, the the target with just a series of of, of uh, mock MFA yes. SMSs yeah. to the point where the, the the target simply was fed up of receiving these text messages and, and put the code into the um, into the account into the login, and and yeah, the attack actor got. A huge amount of, of information. Yeah, so you really need to keep your eyes open, don't you, actually? Yeah. I mean, there, there are threats around every corner, quite literally. Quite literally. And yeah. also, the, the, these threats come from real-life people calling into organisations and trying to say that they're tech support from X, Y, and Z, whereas they're actually not. And that happens a lot within the within the consumer marketplace, doesn't it? Individuals are targeted quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's generally the way in. I mean, that, that, that um, story that I was just telling there... Uh, the attacker sent a series of SMS messages. The, the, the victim wasn't initially clicking on or paying any attention to those SMSs until finally the attacker actually called the victim and said, hey, this is IT support. We need you to enter this MFA code. And, yeah, he got in. They got in, they got in. Now, one thing um, you might want to get into is one of the apprenticeships offerings that Blue Screen IT have, or BIT Training. Um, I had a quick flick through, and I saw what I think is possibly the coolest apprenticeship ever, and it was actually an apprenticeship in cybersecurity. That's quite a trendy one to offer, isn't it? That's not, like, it's not your run-of-the-mill kind of apprenticeship. How are you, how are you working within the apprenticeship landscape? <clears throat> yeah, so it, it, like, like I say, it's one, it's one of those trendy uh, sort of more specialist areas uh, that, that takes people's sort of fancy, really. And um, it's it sort of make, making people aware of, of that role as well, because uh, sometimes it, it can be quite technical, but it's, you know, people need other uh, qualities to it as well. So it's not just about the technical aspects. They're, they're looking for people to be sort of well-rounded and to have aspects of sort of customer service and communication. Uh, 
and, and, and it's those aspects that are also embedded within the course as well and obviously important things about you know English and maths skills uh, because you know these people are going to be producing reports and issuing these reports to mm-hmm. businesses and uh, you know potentially go into various people some might be technical some might be non-technical to CEOs of organizations so it's not just about technical skills and it's and it's that mixture that I think from ourselves as provider and uh, the candidate that they like really. Do you think this is the best way to learn this kind of thing actually through hands-on experience rather than within the formal training or learning um, you know classroom scenario because there are so many different scenarios that you can come across within this world and Mm. I think you're probably able to open their eyes a bit more aren't you? Yeah and and definitely within the company we we do a lot of uh, sort of engagement with the schools and colleges locally uh, in and around Plymouth, the southwest and even sort of nationally where uh, you, you get that insight really where you've got that transition period uh, people in sort of finishing off their GCSE sixth form they're looking to their future options they've maybe got a definite idea that they want to go into IT or cyber security and they just want to know all their options really and sort of be a bit savvy and a lot of the time they, they're aware of maybe getting straight into a job but then you need experience and certain things behind you to do that and it's difficult at that age uh, some people have got ambitions to sort of go on to university which I can understand and I think with an apprenticeship it's it's combining a lot of those things uh, so you're getting the best of both worlds really because you it's a real job you're getting paid you're getting the experience uh, you're getting the skills uh, you can do do it within work time so you haven't got to worry about doing your work at the weekends uh, and it's it's also you know not allowing people to get into into sort of uh, debts as well mm-hmm. um, so so it's it op- op- often creates a good good option for some people you're obviously both very um, very passionate about helping the next generation with regards to this this industry um when i was at i remember when i was a wee lad and i was at school um i actually did an as level at a young age um in computer software engineering and you know learning how to code do you think um because I, I, I don't really know of, of schools doing that now, of, of teaching schools how to code. Have we kind of like, are we bringing about the, the, the IT, the type of IT education that you are after early enough within the educational landscape? Do you think there's a few gaps, a few holes that need to be filled? Yeah, there de- definitely seems to be a gap. And I think uh, that's, that's been identified now. And I think there's various initiatives, programs that are trying to cater for it. There's uh, it might not be embedded within the school curriculums as a priority uh, at the moment, but definitely people are picking up on it, you know, government bodies and there's these initiatives where they've got out-of-school out clubs and breakfast clubs because you've got that interest, uh, you know, from a younger age. So I definitely see there is a gap and a need, but I think more more needs to be done on a on a national basis to sort of get a lot more people involved, really. Yeah. And so what's, what sort of things do you have at your store then? How, what, are, what exciting things have you brought to show people? And, of course, I mean, you could say you're, you're the exciting people on the store. I, I bet I'll go with that, I think. You're yeah. giving, yeah, yeah. I bet you're giving a lot of information and advice to people. You be, have you become kind of like a, an, an IT help centre all of a sudden <laughs> without actually wanting to be it? <laughs> yeah, it does feel like that sometimes because yeah. uh, we're into different aspects, divisions within the company. Uh, and like I say, it's not just a work business related thing. It's a lot of advice it, you can just use in your day to day personal life, really, mm. little snippets. Uh, so we've had quite a lot of people come to us today and it's been interesting sort of snippets about, uh, especially the last few years, really, the transition. People have obviously had to work from home. And it's that awareness, really, that they've transitioned from home to get on with their day-to-day job, but they've 
forgot about the security aspects or not done a bit of a, a think or an audit about that and just being aware really that are they working in a secure manner and have they changed their router passwords and mm. you know is it is it secure yeah, I think um, not wanting to get um, kind of like political about things. I think when the when the pandemic kicked off and everybody had to work from home and be educated from home, um, I don't think we're, we were really prepared for that, were we? We could have been in a better position, I think. Don't you, do you agree? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I guess from a security perspective, yeah, we, we, we certainly noticed um, a general lack of security controls around allowing your staff to work from home. Mm. I mean, it's very difficult to um, prevent you know users from from printing things at home from sending things to you know even from someone sitting behind you or standing behind you and looking at your screen um so again just increasing that security awareness and that security culture um yeah or if you're working on the go like if you're working on a train or on a plane you, you've always got people overlooking your shoulder i remember once i was working on a presentation i didn't realize that um somebody who actually worked for the business that i was going to meet um, not the person, but somebody from that organisation was sat opposite me, you know, as in, as in to my left, and they could see everything that was on my screen. There are some real fundamental basics that you can really do to improve your overall IT security and, and data security, aren't there? Certainly are, yeah. I mean, certainly the very first thing is just, just awareness, general awareness. Do you know the information that you have within your organisation? Do you know what's confidential? Do you know what mm. you should be sharing in a particular environment? Um, how are you connecting to the internet as well? That's often a... Usually if you're out in, in, in calves, bars, wherever you are working remotely, um, people have a habit of just connecting to whatever internet access point is open and accessible. And oftentimes, you know, bad actors can use those to, to literally steal all the information that you send across that internet uh, link. So, yeah, um, general awareness is always the starting point, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And going back very quickly to um, education before we before we close, I guess um, there are also educational opportunities with regards to businesses if they want to get you guys in as as consultants to train up um, staff and colleagues. They can they can do that, no doubt. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's one area that that uh, not many businesses or people are aware of usually because a lot of the time people think about sort of apprenticeships, especially uh, that it's for new recruits, new mm-hmm. members of staff. Uh, but sometimes that's a bit of a myth that uh, if, if, if businesses out there don't know, you know, apprenticeships can cater for anyone really as long as they're 16 above, whether they're in work. Uh, you know, we've known it sometimes where somebody's been doing this, their actual job for maybe 20, 30 years, so they feel well experienced, but they've never had the formal training. Yeah. And it sounds unusual to do it, but they've actually uh, identified a need to do an apprenticeship at that age. So, you know, there's never a barrier or a limit as long as there's an actual skills need. Uh, somebody can do an apprenticeship at different levels, even degree level now. Well, you're never too old to learn, are you? No. No, exactly. Right. Well, thank you very much for coming in and thank you very much for uh, supporting us at the Dev business show and being exhibitors um if we, people want to find you what's your what's your stand number uh, it's stand 15 stand 15 and uh, you've got um, lots of information readily available with regards to apprenticeship cyber security the whole range of things that you guys provide which is, looks absolutely fascinating I'll, i want to come in and sit with you while you're trying to counter attack somebody's hacking attack i think it's like he's he's the closest we're going to get to james bond you do know that all right today i can say maybe maybe people in my team not necessarily me but people in my team certainly <laughs> yeah. Team. yeah excellent all right david and sean from blue screen it thank you very much for popping into the studio and saying hello don't forget if you're exhibiting at the Devon Business Show and you want to come on, on, on live with us then all you need to do is approach one of our producers and we'll fit you in with a slot meanwhile don't forget to follow us on Facebook Live, on Twitter Live, Instagram and LinkedIn Live and click the subscribe on your chosen podcast platform Follow Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce on Twitter at Chamber underscore Devon 
and search for us on LinkedIn and Facebook. In Conversation With, live at the Devon Business Show, in partnership with Westcott's Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. For more information about Westcott's, follow on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Westcott's UK. In Conversation With is produced by Fresh Air Studios. Full audio production services for podcasts, live links and corporate communications. Visit freshairstudios.com. Copyright Devon and Plymouth Chamber of Commerce and Fresh Air Studios Limited. All rights reserved.